You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BJN Radio, episode number 332. I'm Jimmy Kempsky from BillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon, excuse me, the Reverend BLG, Brandon Lee Galton. Actually, there are some other good suggestions, too. Someone said the, the Pope, BLG. Wow. That's a little too much. <laughs> There's another one, too. I forget what it was. But, of course, if you're unfamiliar, Brandon is now a wedding officiant. Officiant. Mm. Is that how you say it? Officiant? So if I think you, I've heard both ways. If you if you're looking to get married, call Brandon Gowton. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, our 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 podcast is really sponsored by. Mm-hmm. Oh baby, wrong crowd beer company, wrongcrowdbeer.com. If you want to order some of the finest beers in the land, or visit them in Westchester, uh, they have a brewery there. Uh, it's also a restaurant. Pop in, get some food, watch a Phillies game, uh, try a bunch of new beers. I'm having, this is called Snake Language here today. Jimmy's taking a sip. Okay. See, this one is brewed with barley, oats, red wheat, dry hopped with loads of Nelson Sovan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And citra hops. Nelson Sovan hops, Brandon, Mm. are high in volatile... (laughs) <laughs> Theols, Theols, uh, the beer drinkers among us will know what I'm talking about, maybe, and are described as adding delicate aromas of white wine and gooseberry. You like a gooseberry, Brandon? I do like a sour element. If that is sour, it is. It did taste a little sour. So it's got like, like kind of like, so the citra hops are like intensely citrusy, particularly in grapefruit character. So it is a little sourish. Yeah, it's good. West Westchester is a nice little town, Jimmy. Uh, certainly would recommend for people who have not been there, made out the, the trip out there. It's a nice little stop. Uh, a lot of things to do in town, like a lot of different businesses and shops and whatnot. So you can really kind of make a day of it if you want and go out and check out the town and then stop in at Wrong Crowd Beer Company to have a great day. All right. We got a lot of practice notes to get to. It was a fun day of practice, in my opinion. Uh, probably the longest practice of training camp so far. And of course, the first one in which they were wearing pads. So saw a little bit of hitting today. Boys were hitting out there. Uh, saw some, uh, you know, a bunch of 11 on 11 sessions. So a lot to get to mm. here. How about if you kick us off, buddy? Got to start with number one, Jalen Hurts. Looked very good. I think yet again, I, I tweeted out during practice today that he's on fire. I think that's fair to say. He had a really good practice on Sunday. Looked sharp. His best practice at camp. Thought he looked really good again today. He has yet to throw an interception through four training camp practices. I say that after every practice in an effort not to jinx him, but to point it out that <laughs> he's been really sharp and really good. Ball hasn't hit the ground a lot. Um, I, he's made different kinds of throws. I think some people get worried about like, oh, is the defense looking bad? I wouldn't really say that. I, I don't. I, there was a play early in practice where there was kind of a busted coverage and he hit Devontae Smith wide open. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think he's making like high level throws. Uh, example today, there were some connections to A.J. Brown, who was covered by James Bradbury. James Bradbury is not a bad yeah, player. Yeah, these I aren't think... slappies that they're beating all day. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think he's even he even really had bad coverage. It's just A.J. Brown's really good, too, and Hurts had some really good throws that were right on the hands. So uh, 
part of the reason there hasn't been an interception by Jalen Hurts so far in training camp for the most part is because he has not put the ball in harm's way at all. So I think Hurts is looking awesome, and it's exactly what you want to see from your quarterback in terms of stacking good days, not just having one here and there, but being able to do that consistently. So uh, I thought the first two days for Jalen Hurts were kind of just more ho-hum, not really super exciting or noteworthy. And I think that is very much contrasted with the past two days where he's been on fire. Yeah, and even just like the, you know, ho-hum, ho-hum good, like just just kind of, you know, making the right reads, uh, hitting receivers, but maybe not having any kind of splash plays. But the two splash throws that I thought he made today were both A.J. Brown. One was a back shoulder, as you mentioned, that was working against James Bradbury. Just, I mean, perfectly executed, almost unstoppable when it's a good throw, it's timed well, it's a good route, and it's a good catch. I mean, there's not many many defensive backs that can cover that. And then, you know— play of the day candidate was when he launched a deep throw had to have gone like 60, 65 yards in the air. Is that fair? And, yep. uh, uh, J- uh, AJ Brown hauled that in for a touchdown. It was around like the hash mark. So it wasn't like, you know, down the sideline. I wouldn't, I also wouldn't call it a post necessarily. So I don't know what kind of route you would call it, but it was just deep down the field. And, uh, he beat Bradbury again on that. I think, um, Terrell Edmonds might've been in the neighborhood on that too, but that presses mm-hmm. all the more, or that pass, was even all the more impressive too, because he had Jalen Carter, you know, kind of bearing in on him and, you know, quarterbacks can't get hit in these practices. So they don't have to worry about, you know, getting lit up. I don't think it's ever been a concern with Jalen Hurts. He'll step in and he'll take a hit while he throws, Mm -hmm. but still there's, you know, an added element of a 300 pound athletic beast (laughs) charging at you. And uh, you still make that kind of throw. Throw is absolutely on the money. Uh, in addition to be six, in addition to being sixty, sixty-five yards in the air, and that duo just looks awesome so far throughout camp. And, and you know, hurts to, to Devontae Smith. Um, also, they, you know, they made a lot of connections as well. But man, hurts to Brown. It was a winning formula last year, and I mean, I want to be careful not to say like they're going to be even better in twenty twenty-three. But they will have more chemistry. They'll have a year under their belt together, and uh, you know, you have one you know, budding elite kind of quarterback throwing to an elite wide receiver. So, you know, maybe. I mean, even if they're not better, it's still pretty freaking good. Yes. It's like, they're, it's still pretty hard. To, it's unstoppable. It's unguardable, basically, is how I describe it uh, for the most part. I mean, obviously, teams will have success at some points, but it's pretty difficult to prevent that connection from happening. But I will say, as you mentioned, also, I thought Hertz had a great throw to Devontae at one point on a rope uh, when Devontae kind of got open down the field after Hertz extended a play a little bit. Really liked the zip on that mm-hmm. throw from Hertz. And then he also had a really good completion. I liked to Dallas Goddard at one point where I thought that was right on the money, right as Goddard was coming out of his break. Just like perfect anticipation. Dallas Goddard turns around, balls right on, in on him route? instantly. Or is that a little yes. out? Yeah, okay. A little I think pop yeah, pass almost, yeah. But, like, just the anticipation, love seeing that. Just love when the ball is it's not, like, waiting. Oh, he's open. Now throw it. No, it's just right to him exactly when he turns around. So I thought that was really good. Yeah, he's too. doing little things like that. In addition to just his obvious physical talents, he's he's getting better at, you know, getting the ball out quickly when when applicable and holding mm-hmm. on and making plays with his legs, uh, you know, also when, when it's, something's not there down the field. So A-plus day for me for Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. today and uh, really encouraging camp through these first four practices. Um, as long as we're on the star players, uh, Jason Kelsey had a great block today, about 15 yards down the field on a screen play to Boston Scott. Uh, he cleared 
Terrell Edmonds out of the way. That wound up being a pretty big gain. So, you know, if you're wondering, can Jason Kelsey still play at a really high level? Does he still have the athleticism that he has always had at the age of, what is he? Is he 30? He's 35, 33, right? 34. I think he's 35. 33. I want to say he's 35. But yeah, he got out in front of the screen. And two things to note here. Like, he's still awesome. And one, 36 of November. Yeah, okay. And then additionally... That screen game, I think, is going to be a bigger part of the offense this year. We've already mentioned this several times with the addition of uh, DeAndre Swift. You know, in this case, it's Boston Scott. But I think because they have Swift and they have Kenny Gainwell, you know, heading into his third year, that they're going to try to – I mean, they, they always did kind of use the the screen game quite a bit with Dallas Goddard, uh, a lot of tight end screens. But I think that they're going to add the wide receiver screens to to the repertoire quite a bit in 2023. Quick note on the running backs, like this isn't my next point, but it's something that I wanted to bring up without making too big of a deal of it, maybe. But I mean, you know how special teams drills, most of the team, like, most of the star players aren't doing a whole lot on the sideline, kind of like hanging out mm-hmm. or maybe doing like some light throwing or something, nothing too intensive during special teams drills. I mean, who are the two running backs on the sideline, but DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Now that's not like shocking to me. I feel like those are the top two guys, but the Eagles have been rotating their backs so much at that position that it's kind of been like a question of who's going to be like, how is that rotation going to play out? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, Gainwell, Sermon, Boston Scott, all doing the, the special teams drills while the guys, you know, again, who usually would be like among the players who are not playing on special teams and therefore typically starters and everything. Well, Penny and Swift were among those guys. So, I mean, is that shocking? No. But. Yeah, you're not going to have Penny playing special teams because, you know, you want to keep that guy kind of in bubble wrap for mm-hmm. when you need him. And Swift, you're certainly not going to... Swift isn't like a physical runner or anything. I imagine he's probably not much of a tackler either. He didn't look good in pass protection either today <laughs> when yeah. I saw him. That was a little shaky, yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit, but Nicobe Dean mm-hmm. man threw him at one point. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, so that's not surprising for those guys to be on the sidelines for that. All right, my note as I scroll through here, um, looking through, I guess, why don't we get into the, so the big thing today was, you know, the pads going on. Why don't we get into the offensive line, defensive line uh, of it all for a bit here? I thought it was really the most juice-worthy OL versus DL one-on-one in some time in terms of, you know, Jalen Carter being in there, Mm -hmm. Nolan Smith being in there. Typically, I try to watch um, both. Like when I'm watching practice, I, I I have I try to put myself in a position where I can turn my head and look at the O line versus D line battles, and then while that's kind of you know being sorted out, I can look over at seven and seven, seeing what's going on there. Still trying to do that a little bit today, but more so involved in the offensive line versus defensive line. Um, just a bunch of different notes from here. Um, does any did anything really stand out to you? Well, I thought the first team offensive lineman almost you know unanimously won their battles whenever they had their one-on-ones um yeah you would say cox against jurgens i did you know that's the only actually that's the only one that i missed so i did see jurgens go on on a second rep and he won that rep i think it was against tui maybe um Hmm. marlon tui i saw that too um but uh, I didn't say so. Cox beat him. Okay, I didn't see that part. I, I was, no, I didn't say I that. Like, I thought he held up against got him. Got it. Okay. Uh, I saw some people disagreed. I, I think it, I think EJ Smith um, had tweeted about that. He said he thought it was even. I, I 
I don't think it was a massive win for Jurgens, but I think Jurgens held up better than I thought he would, especially, and that's noteworthy. Nils Cox is obviously a bigger guy, and Jurgens is not. Um, so I think that's a quality rep for him. Um, elsewhere, I don't think Jordan Davis really had the best one on ones. He did. So the Eagles were kind of, it wasn't just one on one. They also, you know, rushed from a, sometimes it's like a, a two man kind of thing. There was a play or a rep, I should say, where Josh Wett and Jordan Davis ran like a stunt. And because I thought you could see the, the space that Jordan Davis occupies, like he allowed Sweat, who's obviously just a good player in his own right and was ca- quite capable, getting to the quarterback one-on-one, that only helped him on a stunt, like Davis taking up that much space like that. Uh, so that was good to me. I saw Derek Barnett get shoved into the ground by Jordan Mailata going around the yeah. edge. So uh, not really, you know, the best stuff for him. Linda Dickerson, by the way, uh, is one of the people, or I guess really the only one I have down here, who like full on, I thought just stuffed Jordan Davis, yeah. but he just like totally just didn't let him go anywhere. Uh, elsewhere, I had, I thought Jalen Carter gave Tyler Steen some trouble, didn't like totally dominate and get around him, but certainly like pushed him back and, and you know, uh, drove him backwards. Kyron Johnson uh, had some really good reps in one-on-one, I thought. He's kind of like quietly... He's had, I mean, he's had a nice, nice camp so far. I mean, mo- yeah. mostly working against like third-string offensive linemen, but... Still. But, he, I mean, there was that moment... Not moment, but there was that... You know, during the spring, we thought he might be moving to off-ball linebacker because they had them play, yes. they had him playing there a little bit uh, during mm-hmm. OTAs. But he's back out on the edge. And I agree. Like, he's... Again, you can only play well against who they have you playing against. and But, but he's played well so far. Well, and when you do that, that's okay. And you'll get time to up. bump him. Yeah, yeah, time to bump him up and see how he does against some higher level, yeah. ha- higher quality competition. Uh, I thought Milton Williams got the best of Suo Peta on a couple. So that's reps. one of the two defensive standouts that I thought there were. Yeah, that that rep against Sue, he got under him and he pushed him back into the pocket and he kind of yep. walked him back. And yeah, he, I think he had his like foot off or feet off the ground at one point too. <laughs> and we don't really think necessarily of Milton Williams. I don't anyway as sort of like a power rusher. He's more of like a speed guy for an interior player, uh, but he showed some real power on that rush. I think he's like, when we talk about potential breakout players, he's like top of the list for me, and he's going to get more opportunities, mm. of course, with Javon Hargrave not not being on the team anymore. It's not like, so even if like Jalen Carter's good, he's not going to play as many snaps as Hargrave did last year. So there's going to be more opportunity for Milton Williams to play this year than there was in 2022 and 2021. So yeah, he's got a really op- he's got a real good opportunity to you know boost his production this year, and and that rep was pretty impressive. I agree, and then Nolan Smith absolutely that was the other one like dusted. <laughs> um, Poor Jim, our, who honestly, with all due respect, he might be like the, one of the more overmatched players in training camp. I guess is a, a fair way to say it. Like he's from this dude is from Benedictine College, which is not it's an N N A I A program. It's not even like N C A. It's not Division three. It's like it's a low lower level of college football. Um, it, and I th- I'm pretty sure he didn't get any kind of guaranteed money from all the, like the, the list of the UDFA signings that the Eagles made. Typically they all get some kind of guarantee, you know, in some various order. I'm pretty sure he got none at all. So like, you know, this is like a, like a lower level kind of player. Nolan Smith should do this to this yeah. kind of guy, but, uh, he did as we just he said, looked, it looked, it was impressive. <laughs> like and yeah, and, there's no question. Like he is a very, very gifted athlete. Nolan Smith, yeah. and you can see it on on that. Jim Okorafor is the is the guy's yeah. full name. Jim Okorafor. Uh not not to be confused with Doctor Chim Richels. Are you familiar mm. with Doctor Chim Richels? 
and not to be confused with Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, Nolan Smith looked really impressive on that rush. It was basically, I don't, it wasn't a straight speed rush around the end. Like he kind of had like a little jukey move and, but got right around him to the edge. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing Nolan Smith in a preseason game. That's going to be very fun for me to watch, in my opinion. Agree. Last thing I had was the running back. I'll let loop the running back versus linebacker one-on-one pass protection into here. Uh, Christian Ellis dusted Kennedy Brooks. Just like had the swim move. Basically, Christian Ellis was barely touched by Kennedy Brooks again. You have a player going against a lower level guy. It's not like the most shocking result, but still, I thought Ellis looked really good like that. You mentioned earlier that Nicobe Dean <laughs> ran right through him. I mean, just like bull rushed him, but like it didn't look like Swift even wanted to participate in the rep to me. Like he was just <laughs> right. like he didn't care. So yeah, yeah. that. Well, that's part of Nicobe Dean's game. Like he had six sacks in his last season True. at Georgia, so they did send him on blitzes quite a bit. And you know, I wonder with, I mean, the scheme, the defensive scheme this year is going to look similar, just in its. Um, you know, the nuts and bolts of it from going from Jonathan Gannon to Sean Desai. But it'll be interesting to see how much more aggressive Desai will be situationally. And I think, like, I remember, you remember back in the day where we would sort of get frustrated by the Eagles not sending Michael Kendricks on blitzes more when that was part of, like, what yeah. he did well. They just didn't send yep. him on blitzes for 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 whatever reason. And, um, you know, it'd be a shame to see Nicobe De- that part of Nicobe Dean's game get wasted if they don't use him sure. that way. So it'll be interesting to see if Sean Desai, you know, kind of um, uh, uses that strength of his. Because it is a strength of his. Like, he he runs – he charges hard <laughs> after the quarterback, and he is not shy about trying to run through, you know, running backs or whoever's trying to block him. So um, he's kind of a really fun player to watch in that regard. If you watch, like, you know, his highlights from Georgia – but yeah, it, it was he looked the part in in, in those drills mm-hmm. today. I have a theory on the Kobe Dean that I hope is proven wrong, but kind of been thinking about because I'm trying to reconcile him showing promise and potential, like he did in some small sample late game action last year, to him being pretty invisible in training camp. And again, it was a pretty invisible day for him outside of the DeAndre Swift not wanting to pass protect him. Uh. I think, and and this my theory on like why he fell. It wasn't just injury related. I wonder if he's kind of more of a two down linebacker that isn't like super valued in today's NFL. Where I think he might be very good, like in the box against run defense and everything as a tackler, all of that. I think we've seen some of that, but I just haven't seen enough in, of him in coverage at this point. To this point, yet at least that makes me feel like that's an area where he's going to stand stand out. I think that's fair. Like uh, that's, Dallas Goddard has been killing everybody and, you know, mm-hmm. Nicobe Dean among them, like nobody's been able to cover Dallas Goddard, but you wouldn't expect Christian Ellis to be able to cover him. Maybe you should expect Nicholas Morrow to be able to get former safety converted. Mm-hmm. Maybe you expect him to do, you know, fare a little better against a guy like Dallas Goddard, but he hasn't been able to cover him. And Nicobe Dean has been able to cover him either. So you'd hope to see Nicobe, you know, maybe make some plays in the passing game, but I agree that he, he's looked better uh, sort of mm-hmm. against the run, and when he's playing downhill, than he yes. has when he's sort of had to, you know, retreat. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, you're up. 
a couple big hits today um, with the pads. Makai Garner (laughs) drew first blood. (laughs) Absolutely destroyed poor Charleston Rambo. They're both number 43, by the way. It's 43 on 43 crime. Uh, Rambo was defenseless. Like, this might have even been a penalty. I'm not sure, like, if it were a real game. But the Eagles sure as hell do not want what this guy did yeah. to Rambo today. They don't want these hard hits happening in, in practice. Uh, but I guess Makai Gardner is like, you know, I'm an undrafted dude. Uh, got a chance to light somebody up. And he took it. Same I, guy who punted the ball yeah. after having an interception <laughs> in OTAs. So, uh, yeah, uh, they don't want that. But it was eye-opening. It was a great hit. And it's like, yeah. And that guy is big. So he's like 6'2", 212. Doesn't run super well. I think it was a four five five forty. He ran. He played at LSU, but I think he ran a four five five forty, and he can clearly hit. Like you can see in his highlights that he has some big hits in college. Why is he a corner again? Like why is that guy not a safety? He's big. He's not as fast as you need a corner to be in this league now, and he can hit. Put him at safety. You also have a, you also have a ton of like you have you're loaded at corner and you don't have yeah. much at safe. Put that guy at safety, see what he can do there. And then the other big hit I agree. was uh, Dan Arnold, tight end, had a nice catch and run, but uh, that catch and run ended when he ran square into Kayvon Wallace. Kayvon Wallace. Oh, it was mm, it was Kayvon. It was him. Yeah, it was Kayvon. There was uh, two. There was another guy there, no. but it was Kayvon who dumped him on his ass. I disagree. Are you I sure? thought that was Josh Job. I thought it was Josh Job, and you know why? Because Kayvon Watts came up to him after the play to give him a high five. Uh, That's hmm. what I saw. All right. I was pretty, I'm pretty, like, I saw Kayvon go up to him after that play and, like, dab him they up. They were both there. It looked to me like Kayvon just dumped him. It looked to me like that was, I thought, I was pretty sure that was Josh Job All because right, he was, like, a- he was in the spot where a corner would be naturally, <laughs> too, because he was out, he was out, because it was, like, the path to, or sorry, the pass to, um, Arnold was like like a little swing pass, and he was running with a bunch of field in front of him, and he's running towards the sideline and up, and that's where Josh Job would be because he was like back off of the ball. Hmm. All right. Well, it wasn't like someone flew in. He didn't come. He didn't get like tackled by someone who flew into the play like a safety would. As much as like Josh Job was along the sideline, and he had established his position there, and Dan Arnold like tried to like run into him, and Job just like boom picked him up. We'll have to ask around on Thursday to see who's right on this one. I'm very confident it was Josh Joe. Because, <laughs> like, again, Wallace came up to high-five him. I, I noticed that after the play. Why would – why would well, I, 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 Wallace I was like, hey, he was like, hey, did you see that hit? Give me a high-five. Yeah, that's what I mean. I guarantee you I saw Wallace go up to someone and give him a high-five. Why would Wallace go up to someone he for a high-five if a he made the play? For his, for his yeah, but hit. if you make the play, guys come up to you. You don't go up to a player and well, give them a high-five. Maybe high five. he was unsatisfied with the level of uh, attention he was getting after his big hit. And I wrote that down specifically because that made me think of the big hit that Josh Job had at the end of the Eagles Giants playoff game. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> this like really big hit at the end of the game. CJ so GJ that- running down the sideline, whooping it up yeah. after that hit in a blowout. <laughs> I think like adding, adding a injury to insult. <laughs> I think that's something that's fair to like say about him is he can lay the wood a little bit. Okay. Josh Job. Right. So um, I'm going to give him some benefit of the doubt there. Kayvon Wallace did have an interception later in practice. I mean, I don't think no, that right. was like was an right amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was amazing play as much as Mariota overthrew. I think uh, Dan Arnold again. Arnold. Yeah, it was Dan Arnold. 
it was an overthrow. It wasn't too far overthrown. It wasn't like wildly overthrown, but it was overthrown, and that resulted. Mariota, by the way, again, not a, another not good day for him. It's yeah. tough out there, as we've noted, with like that second team offensive line's not looking good. Uh, Brett Toth can't snap the ball, so he's in a in a, not in a good spot. But still, I think he could be better than he's been as a passer, and he hasn't been great. Although right after throwing that pick, he came back and actually had a really nice strike down to uh, was it Greg Ward. Which yes. drew praise from Nick Ward's Sirianni. Had a nice I thought that was camp really, too. He has, and I think it's you know it it is telling that you know if a quarterback can come back and deliver a, pa- a good pass the next play, like okay, you know he kind of short term memory. Mm-hmm. There's some resilience there. I think that's a nice sign to see. And Mariota did look good as a runner. You know he was moving around a bit. Had a quarterback draw that went for a touchdown. Where it's I don't know if that was you know totally called or if he kind of read the defense and noticed that like he would have that opportunity where no one would even be near him. Um, I noticed Kayvon Wallace seemed to be frustrated after that play. It's, I don't, maybe he was supposed to be like lined up against him for a sneak or, or as a spy or something and, and wasn't in the right position. Um, but yeah. Yeah. On the Brett Toth point, it at least, at least two more bad, like awful snaps today. And he's had a, he's like multiple bad snaps almost every day. He can't mm. be playing. He can't play center is really the bottom line. He can't play. So, he never was. I don't understand why, why they're doing this, right? Like, they, when they brought him in, he was more of like a tackle guard guy. Yeah. And they just moved him to center for some reason. I think they probably just wanted to see if he could do more things, like be a, because they would like their backups to be able to play multiple positions. So I think they were trying to make it a thing. He just, just can't, he just can't snap. So yeah. I th- it's to the point where he's almost like ruining reps exactly. for the other players <laughs> on the field. Like, they just can't have him there anymore. They got to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have, you know, in my pre camp 53 man roster projection he's on he's not on right now like he's fallen yeah. off that 53 man roster projection for me so rough camp for him so far and he's not doing Mariota any favors because <laughs> no. like you know it's a 50 50 chance that the snap is going to be like clean Mario doesn't have to like reach one way or the other or down or or up to grab it uh so you know we, we've made the excuses already in previous you know episodes for Mariota like you just did uh, a second ago like you know so uh but that's a big one that if the guy can't even snap the ball to you then it's another extra thing you got to worry about before you even you're you're running running the play so yeah i mean uh i'm not too worried about marcus mariota yet i'd like to see him mm-hmm. maybe get a center who can play a little bit that can actually snap the ball at a minimum like get cameron tom who's like the third yeah the third center yeah. just have him playing on the, have him play on the second and third team just so that like reps aren't getting ruined and you know they have a chance he's snapping fine so yeah like at least give the at least give the guy a chance to make to make some plays but it has been a disappointing camp so far uh for mario bad day one good day two badish day three and i thought he was down again today agree i have two more quick things before we just take a break here okay. or we'll see what you have uh i thought rashad penny who i mentioned earlier had a nice run mm-hmm. on a stretch play the blocking was good and he followed it there's a big hole but still he looked good on that play getting out into space and looked dangerous so that was nice to see and then real quickly greedy williams uh, i think has kind of been up and down a little bit he i've noticed more than once where he's gotten flagged kind of you know a grabby player so that's kind of been an issue with him he got flagged today for holding on britain covey uh, but he did have a well-defended pass later in practice uh, on Tyree Cleveland, which actually, which actually gave like the the backup defense the win and forced the offense to the whole entire offense to like run a lap 
whereas the defense had to run a lap in practice on Sunday. So uh, kind of up and down from greedy, inconsistent, I would say. He's been in the slot a little bit too, which has been a little surprising to me. But actually on the uh, defensive back front, so they had a bunch of three safety sets today. Yes. For the first, I think that's the first time we've seen that so far. Yes. Um, where the three safeties were Reed Blankenship, who, by the way, has been exclusively with the first team offense. He's the only one. So Edmonds has uh, kind of. <laughs> He's wrote, starting. He is not not starting. Yeah. So it's clear who their top safety in their mind, like who their top safety is, who the team is Reed Blankenship. No question. And then uh, Terrell Edmonds and Kayvon Wallace have mostly split time with the ones. Sidney Brown, I think, has gotten some. He got some snaps at the twos today, but for the most part has been with the threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today the three safeties were Blankenship uh, and Kayvon were the the two split safeties on the back end. And Edmonds was up in the box, which actually makes a lot of sense because Edmonds is a big safety. He's like 6'2" like I think 218 or something close to 220. So, I mean, he could absolutely pass for like an undersized linebacker and mm-hmm. he is comfortable playing in the box. So, in this case, he was, you know, kind of working in as a dime linebacker. And I think that's a role where, you know, you can get him on the field and more importantly get one of the linebackers that can't cover potentially off the field and, you know, he can he can play a role sort of in one of those sub packages. Uh, you know, whether he starts or not, you can move him down in the box and put a third safety in on the back end. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he, he does bring some versatility uh, uh, to the defense in that respect. Uh, all right. Why don't we take a break here really quickly? Before we do, I'll tell you about Righteous Felon Crafter. You can go to RighteousFelon.com. That's www.R-I-G-H-T-E-O-U-S-F-E-L-O-N. RighteousFelon.com. And you can go get yourself some of the best possible meat snacks you can get. And you can get them by using BGN20 for 20% off your order. Uh, Jimmy, I was listening to some other podcasts today. Not going to name names. Um, like, not even about the Eagles. Just, like, generic topic podcasts. Okay. And uh, really good podcasts that I like. But sometimes with these ads they do, I'm like... This person's never even used this product. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not the case with Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. <laughs> yeah. This is something we believe in. We think it's a really good product. Our, so do our loyal listeners who continue to use the discount codes that we give out over and over because they really enjoy it. So if you haven't tried it yet, this is the sell. It is the best time to do it because you get 20% off instead of the usual 15. BGN20 for 20% off your order. RighteousFelon.com. It's the same meat snack that the Eagles have at the NovaCare Complex. So if it's good enough for your favorite team, it must be good enough for you too. Go do it today. Fuck, I have a pain in my mouth. Fuck, I have When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on PGN Radio, Jimmy had a pen in his mouth before break. Still has it in his mouth. He took it out. Uh, Jimmy, it's time for our Kristen Roach of Roach Realtor 
awards, our training camp awards, our daily awards, where we get into our MVP, LVP, and play of the day. Jimmy, who is your MVP for today? Can I give one more note before we get to that? Of course. Because we get we didn't get to the punters. The punters punted quite a bit today. So hmm. Aaron Sipos versus undrafted challenger Ty Zentner. They hmm. punted two different ways, two different kinds of punts. So one open field, sort of like blast away. You're looking for distance and hang time. And then they also did sort of coffin, coffin corner punts, like, you know, pin them deep type punts. And time their hang times, Sipos averaged out at 4.6. He only had four punts in that, in that session. Two of them were terrible. So one of them was shanked uh, to the right again, as we saw in the Super Bowl. Uh, that one wound up going like way out of bounds as opposed to like, you know, to the right side of the field when it was supposed to go to the left side of the field. And then the other one was just ugly. It was four. It was a four second hang timer, which is terrible and just looked ugly. Zentner was better in that session uh, for the first mm. time that we've like Sipos has pretty consistently mm. been better than him so far. Zentner was better than him in that session. In the pin them yeah. deep session, Sipos was really good. So he was consistently landing the ball like right around the five yard line or, <sighs> or inside it. So he had seven punts in that session. None of them landed in the end zone. And the average was the 5.4 yard line, which is outstanding mm. that he was able to okay. consistently Great. get it. Great. This, this means a lot. <laughs> but the the counter. So in my mind, like, the Eagles should prioritize the guy that's better at open yeah, field hunting because they don't mm-hmm. they go for it when they're in the when they're like exactly they shouldn't be wanting to pin them deep they should just want to go for it in fa- however Zentner was also good at the mm. pin deep part of punting like so he only had four punts to sip off the seven he only got four punts for some reason but his averaged the 8.25 yard line, which is still mm-hmm. very good. Sipos that's, just that's all they need. Yeah. So they don't need someone who's elite at the coffin corner. They just need someone <laughs> who's like respectable at that right. and someone who can freaking boot the ball all the way down the field. So I awarded the day today to Ty Zentner. Good. Yeah. Well, you should. Like, that's yes. But you're doing it on what your award, your value system should be. The Eagles system value system seems to be different. They they would probably I feel like they would give it to Sipos. But the two open field punts, were, like the, the 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 two bad punts, were very obviously bad punts. And Zentner, so like neither of them punted well. They Sipos averaged four point six hang time. Zentner averaged four point six five. Yeah, they're not good. So like Donnie Jones back in the day, he'd be hovering like on average right around five seconds, and there'd be some punts where were just bombs. It'd be like like up to like five point five seconds. He'd like max out at these guys aren't touching his average with like mm. any of their punts at all. So it's you know they're just neither of them are really good in that area, in my opinion. Neither of them are really good. Period. <laughs> like they're not yeah. good punters. They're not. They're, yeah. just, they're just. They're just not. And I wish it wasn't that way. Nobody's done. <laughs> Which is why the Eagles should continue to monitor the market. But in any case, uh, our awards brought to you by Kristen Roach for Roach Realtors. (laughs) Go to RoachRealtors.com. Or if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you can call or text this phone number. 856-906-9295. Jimmy, who is your MVP? Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty easy to go with. He was awesome. I don't want to double up on him, in part because I gave him credit for last practice. Uh, So I'm a hater. No. I just – I think – 
I would be remiss not to give credit. I think AJ Brown deserves some credit too for how mm-hmm. awesome he was yep. as well. So I'm going to give him credit. He's going to give him my MVP. And I haven't given him one yet this camp. I know you did on day two, uh, but I haven't yet. And he deserves it. So I'm going to give it to him here. He is my MVP. We don't really need to get into those. We kind of covered that earlier. Who is your LVP? Brett Toth. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Like he's he's an army guy. And thank you for your service. Wow. You hate the troops. <laughs> But he just can't play center, and that's the bottom line. They got to they get somebody else in there. I had him there. I, I was between him and Mariota. I didn't want to double up on him because it felt too mean, and also Mariota was pretty bad. So I'm going to have to give it to Mariota again. It's tough. It's, he has three already so far, yeah. I think. Oh, man. Poor Marcus. Um, I did consider Terrell Edmonds. I feel like he might deserve one. You mentioned he was you know involved in that play where A.J. Brown had the touchdown um he got blocked by kelsey on that screen so he hasn't been necessarily like totally solidifying himself yeah. as first team safety so he's kind of like flirting with an lvp point here really could have give it to him instead of makai garner on day three if i wanted to uh but i don't regret that i think garner did have a bad practice but um uh, so kind of a dishonorable mention for Terrell Edmonds here but i'm going to give it to Mariota. which brings us to our play of the day i have to give it to the herds deep bomb to each okay I mean, are we not doubling up at all? Is that is that what we're doing? It's up to you. Hmm. I mean, it's not that we can't do it. It's just I don't want to do it unless I think it really deserves it. It's a it's a very because it, it really like swings the scale. I think that's the play like, at it, camp so far. Okay, I'm I'm gonna double up on it because it was that's, it, that's fine. It was that good. But what else would you do? No, nah, yeah, I mean, it's, that's the thing. Like, I, can't, I don't have a close second. <laughs> there were some other good completions, but I don't think better than that and more flashy than that. You could, you know, the Makai Gardner hit was a nice hit, but I don't think. Yeah, but know, they don't want him I, doing that. Exactly. It's a, it's also, a, it's a not, bad play in their mind. It's also not outshining a 60-yard bomb <laughs> with right. Jalen Carter in your face. Like, it's not that great. Yeah. So I think that's fair that we double up on that. And also... To me, I mean, I think they both deserve, in my standings, I don't want to give that just to Hertz or just to Brown. I think they each deserve a half point in my mythology okay. here because um, I thought they both did really good jobs on the play. Um, pass was right on the hands, but also credit to AJ for getting open against. Uh, so I, I, a little behind the scenes here, I talked to uh, your assistant there and former BGN. Uh, well, he's not my assistant. He, <laughs> he's my, he's my, co- my co-worker. Your co your coworker. Well, I mean, in terms of like, well, I don't know his title. Sorry, Seamus. I'm not trying to see, <laughs> but I'm saying like you're covering the Eagles full time. Seamus helps out with the Eagles among other things. But yes, Seamus, Clancy, Philly voice. Uh, I was talking to him after practice and I was like, who would you have for your LVP today? So I was trying to think who it would be. And, you know, he had mentioned James Bradbury. And I was like, I thought about that, but I don't think he had a bad practice nah. as much as he just like. <laughs> And I'm not trying to crap yeah. on Seamus here, to be clear. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I, 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 I did have the same initial thought because I was like, he did get beat. A He's covering of times, a top five receiver in football, but he, I mean, <laughs> and, I, and he didn't have bad coverage while doing it. It wasn't yeah. like he was getting like roasted. Right. He had like good, respectable coverage, just that the receiver and the throws were way better. And also, I feel like at least going back to last year, I thought uh, James Bradbury did the best job of anyone covering AJ Brown in yeah. training camp. I thought uh, I saw and I've seen generally, I feel like AJ Brown have more success and win more reps against Darius Slay when they've gone up. Whereas I, at least I've seen Bradbury win some of his battles as well, right? I feel like I haven't seen that much with Slay. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to get on James. AJ Brown's a bad man. 
He's a bad man. Like, and Bradbury's just, had a great camp. Just to look at that camp. guy, that dude is yoked up, A.J. Brown. He is pretty good. He is pretty hard, <laughs> pretty hard to stop. And, and man, Devontae's awesome, too. It's just like, I mean, Hurts is great. Let's be clear. But it does not hurt when you have A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. Or sorry, and Devontae Smith. Oh, and then by the way, Dallas got it there to help you out. That's a very it's a very good thing you have going for you there. So uh yeah, team looks good. Overall, AJ Brown is like what, six two, two twenty. Mm-hmm. I'm like six three, two twenty. <laughs> we do not look similar. That is fair to say. <laughs> we're ba- we're more or less the same height and weight. We do not look the same. <laughs> literally not just figuratively but literally built different <laughs> yes uh, yeah. way to say it any final thoughts to me yeah uh we're gonna have a new little podcast feature i think wow um why don't you tease it i will tease it so we're gonna do but don't reveal it sort of like uh we gotta come up with a snazzy name for it so if you have any snazzy names for like a punny kind of name for this uh new podcast feature let us hear it just, you know, at me or Brandon or whoever on Twitter and let us know. Uh, but it's going to be like a who wants to be a millionaire type of uh, trivia game with the other beat writers. So I'll ask uh, 10 questions. Well, if they get to 10 questions anyway, but when they when they get one wrong, they're done and the podcast is over. So if they get the first one wrong, the podcast episode will be like a minute long. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but like, you know, obviously the, the questions will become increasingly difficult the more you get to, and then you'll get, you'll get like three lifelines. One will be like, you can ask another beat writer Two will be, they can ask a friend. They can call up a friend. So well, they have to teasing it. You're saying the whole thing. Oh yeah. I may as well. So like they can call a friend and if they, uh, if the friend doesn't answer, you get a bad friend penalty and you lose one of your other lifelines. And then if, and then you can, uh, the other, the third lifeline is you have 10 seconds to Google the answer. Mm. If you have better ideas on the lifelines, let me, I'd like to hear them before we get this uh, podcast uh, up, this podcast feature up and running again at me at Jimmy Kemsky at Brandon at Brandon Galton. But yeah, I think that'll, BGN millionaire. that'll be a fun little, uh, fun little podcast feature. I think that, you know, the, the listeners can play along to, too. Like you can, of course, answer the trivia questions in your own mind and, uh, you know, see how you do against the Eagles beat writers. I like that. I think, I hope people will enjoy that. And if you don't enjoy it, then I guess tell us that you don't, <laughs> Yeah, but hopefully you do. Okay. Uh, my final thought is that, um, Man, I wish I had a really great one. Uh, NFC East mixtape delayed this week. I guess I'll throw that in here because uh, RJ's out there in Oxnard. So our recording schedules are a little complicated right now. I believe we're going to record on Wednesday morning because I think we both, I think Cowboys and Eagles are both not practicing. So we'll have that. Their uh, training camp sounds fun, by the way, out in Oxnard. Hmm. It's supposed to be hmm. super nice out there. I believe time, it. This time of year and pretty much all year round. It'd be fun to say, go. It'd be fun to go to a town like Oxnard every year and cover. I think they're only there for like a week, right? They're not their whole training camp isn't there. I think like it's split sure. up. It's like the first half of it's there, and then they come back to mm. quote unquote the star, which is star. like their their uh, their you know gigantic complex that they have. Yeah, they had that <laughs> hard knocks uh, yeah. drone shot yeah. last year. That was really cool. Uh, one thing quickly on the Cowboys is that. Doing a lot of talking, 
for a team that is perennially disappointing. Hmm, I hadn't seen that. I mean, Micah Parsons out here talking about how, like, you know, the Cowboys are the team to beat in the NFC. Uh, you have Jerry Jones out here saying that, like, basically, like, issuing a warning to the I other NFC's teams. Yeah. Like, hey, we're we're coming for you. Or you better be on your game. Like, I mean, it's not unusual. Cowboys, t- <laughs> this, this has happened before. Cowboys typically do, and Cowboys fans typically do have this attitude going into the season. And I'm not saying the Cowboys have been a total joke. I mean, they've won, what, 12 games each of the past two mm-hmm. years? No, that's a good, yeah, a good team. Stock. Yeah, they're a I mean, for them, that's really good. They typically don't have that kind of sustained success. Usually it's like a good year and a bad year. But, like, let me calm down a little bit when you have, like, <laughs> literally the reigning Super Bowl champs in your division. Like, maybe you don't act like you're You haven't all, won the NFC like, in, in, like, tr- in, like, a quarter a century. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe just, like, don't, like, come out and, like, proclaim for no good reason. Like, the Eagles aren't doing that. They just went to the Super Bowl, but they're not like, everyone else needs to bow down to us. That's not the kind of energy I'm seeing, saying put out by them. Uh, so whatever. I just think it's a little funny and uh, certainly lends to good bulletin board material slash uh, stuff to shove into the faces of Cowboys fans if when their uh, bold proclamations are not met. So there's that. And... Last thing real quick, shout out to, not a sponsor, but just a sandwich place I really like in Philly, Farina Di Vita. That's F-A-R-I-N-A space D-I space V-I-T-A. Uh, really good like Italian hoagies, sandwiches. Give them a try if you're ever in that area around them. Farina Di Vita. I think they also do catering and stuff. They also have like a little market inside uh, that I think is cool. So uh, really good lunch option for you if you're looking for somewhere in Philly for sandwiches. So that's my rec. All right. All right, Jimmy. This has been BGN Radio 332. We're almost at 333. That's been Jimmy Kemsky. You can follow him on Twitter and threads at Jimmy Kemsky. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at Brandon Gowton. You can check out my work at bleedinggreennation.com, Jimmy Kemsky's work at phillyvoice.com. If you like BGN Radio, which, by the way, is a free podcast, so we don't charge you anything, and you want to help support the show, well, you can do that by going and checking out our sponsors. That is Wrong Crowd Beer Company, wrongcrowdbeer.com. And you can also check them out at their uh, location in Westchester. You can check out Right to Sell and Craft Jerky, righttosellin.com. Discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. And you can check out Christian Roach of Roach Realtors. RoachRealtors.com. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact this phone number. 856-906-9295. Jimmy, the Eagles will be resting. The players will have off on Wednesday, and they will be back on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. So we will have our next BGN Radio podcast for you after that practice on Thursday. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 